Welcome to Revitalize and Restart, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of church revitalization, restart, and renewal. We invite you to listen as a host and some of the best practitioners in the field of church revitalization and restart discuss issues facing the church in America. And now, here is your host, Dr. Steve Sells, author, conference speaker, and president of Operation Transformation. Welcome to another installment of Revitalize and Restart podcast, a church uh, revitalization ministry based in Salisbury, North Carolina. I'm Steve Sales, your host, and we have with us today Dr. Mark Harris. Uh, He's the Vice President of Family Research Council for the Association of Churches and Ministries, and he's the Senior Pastor of the Trinity Baptist Church in Mooresville, North Carolina. Dr. Harris was a past president of North Carolina Baptist State Convention, uh, he was a senior pastor for a number of years at First Baptist Church of Charlotte and uh, congressman-elect in North Carolina 9th District in 2018. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Harris. We're honored to have you with us today, brother. Well, Steve, I'm honored to be here. I really am. Thank you for inviting me. We're going to talk about a a, a topic that I think um, we've touched on this with another uh, interview we did uh, a couple of months ago, uh, but it really has sparked my interest. Uh, uh, Dr. Harris is is one of our board members uh, for Operation Transformation, and we were talking about this. and And what we were looking at was the concept of of how the family, um, and 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 say whether the family is a healthy family or not, uh, works or or works against or for having a strong uh, church. Uh, So we're going to be talking about a biblical response to America's unfolding crisis uh, of the family. You know, it's been said, as a family goes, so goes the church, and so goes the nation as well. And when I think of, of the blessings of God that flows through the family, I'm immediately drawn to Psalms 128. And uh, where it says, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, for thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus saith the man, be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. So I think it's safe to say, brother, as we get into this, uh, that the blessing of the church starts with godliness in the hearts of parents in the home. Would you say that would be the way it is? I could not agree with you more, Brother Steve. Amen. Well, with that in mind, Dr. Harris, what are you seeing uh, across our culture uh, that's taking place in families that is detrimental to the the church and our nation, or even some things that might be supportive of it? Tell us what's happening in the area of family living in America today. Well, Steve, I, I think that we're we are seeing uh, obviously in our in our nation um, the disintegration of the family unit, and I think while we have seen the the disintegration and the weakness uh, of going on in the in the family unit, 
I think there's a very specific attack that the devil has been using now for decades. And that attack has been to take out um, the one that he intended to be the leader of the organization uh, called the family. And that is the father in the home. And I think that that is what, if I had to put my finger on probably um, when we talk about the unfolding crisis in America and a biblical response, there's all kinds of crises that we could talk about. In fact, you and I could probably do a week's worth of podcast uh, just listing all the crises that are unfolding in America today. But I would have to say that when we talk about the family, probably the greatest crisis that I've seen uh, that we're really beginning to bear the fruit of that crisis is the uh, the absent father uh, and how he has just pretty much disappeared from the home. You know, we, we've said for years, and I think the statistics are bearing it out, that if you really look at a home where the father is absent, there's a whole host of issues that that are affected. I mean, you want to talk about poverty, four times a greater chance of poverty striking at home when the father is absent. You want to talk about health, two times the, uh, the chance of infant mortality rates when the father is absent in the home. You want to talk about teenage pregnancy, seven times the um, opportunity or seven times the chance that a teenager is going to become pregnant when there is not a father in the home. And you talk about even such health matters as child obesity, two times a chance that a child is going to suffer with obesity when the father is absent from the home. And so we could talk about crime. We could talk about incarceration. We could talk about child abuse. We could talk about education and the fact that two times the the chance that a child will be a dropout out of school when the when there's not a father in the home. I mean, we could go on and on with that. It it is the unfolding crisis in America today. Mm. It didn't just start yesterday. It takes time for us to really see this fruit, bad fruit, if you will, yeah. begin to appear. And and I I think that's that's what we're seeing today. And Steve, where that affects the church is so real because, you know, you want to talk about statistics. Um, If a father is not practicing his faith, he's not a practicing believer and a mom attends church regularly. God bless her soul. And I've got those in my church, um, pastors that are listening to this, and I know you see it in churches that you're ministering to. Listen, if a father is not practicing faith, is not a practicing believer, and the mom is giving it all she's got, attending church regularly, 60% of their children will be completely lost to the church. Wow. 37% of their children may attend church, but it'll be very irregular. Only 2% of their children will ever become regular worshipers of the church. 
Now, keep in mind, I'm giving you some statistics, and, I, and I'm not discounting, obviously, the work and the role of the Holy Spirit and bringing a man to salvation and how he changes lives. I'm just expressing the hard facts and some hard numbers that we are seeing the, the bad fruit, if you will, that is now taking place in our culture and that help explain why we're seeing the breakdown uh, even affecting our churches today yeah. when you have unhealthy families. And one last statistic I'll throw out at you. If a father does not go to church, no matter how faithful his wife's devotion, only one child in 50 will ever become a regular worshiper. Wow. Only wow. one child in 50 will ever really become a regular worshiper if the father doesn't attend church. So we've got our work cut out for us, Steve, mm-hmm. seriously. Uh, uh, wow. What horrible statistics that, is, that, that, that you've just shared with us. Uh, talk, talk to us just a little bit. This is, uh, you know, every pastor, I think, knows the reality about the absent father uh, and, and what that does to the family. But talk to us a little bit about the, the, how we've lost the principle of biblical manhood, not just fatherhood, but biblical manhood. Uh, and of course the fatherhood in the family, tell us how we've lost that and, and, uh, how that is really happening in our society. We, I mean, the church at one time really, really pushed, uh, the, the male leadership in the home and, mm-hmm. and, and tell us, tell us where all of this is headed. Well, I think, you know, I remember as a young pastor, um, I came to Center Grove Baptist Church at the ripe old age of 22 uh, in in 1989 uh, to become the pastor of Center Grove in Clemens. And uh, I remember in the early 90s, as God began to work and, and promise keepers came along and that movement became very strong. And we we loaded up our men and we went to Atlanta. Uh, we loaded up our men and we went to the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And that was a great, amazing time that, that we saw we saw men uh, that were beginning to wake up. And I, I do think that there were some incredible things that, that came out of that. And I think that, quite frankly, what we've got still operating um, in a faithful way in many of our churches today are men who did make commitments. Um during some of that time, but let's let's face it, our whole culture has decided, and I think it is nothing but an attack of the devil. I mean, they tell me I'm, I've learned so much about warfare, and I've learned so much about just being around General Boykin and and some of the others at Family Research Council about uh, you know if you wanted to take out um, your enemy, the best way you did that was take out the guy with the radio, take out the guy that was in charge of communication, because no matter where you are in the field, no matter where you are in the battle, you take out the guy that's in charge of communicating with the rest of the troops. You have just created mass chaos and mass disarray and, and nothing else can happen. And I believe that the devil has set his sights on destroying our families, because when you destroy our families, you have destroyed the very bedrock foundation 
of this culture and this society. Because let's remember, before there was a tabernacle, before there was a temple, before there was a church, there was a home where God created a man and created a woman, and then God blessed that home and, and with a child and with children. And listen, I believe, Steve, that that it has been a concerted effort that has swept across this nation to take dads, to take men out of their role as the spiritual leaders in the home. They, they have sought to create that chaos that we've seen, that we no longer are teaching men to stand up and be men, wow. to be the defender of the home. That's a biblical principle to defend and protect your loved ones. We're no longer teaching men to be providers in the home and providers. Listen, it includes the, the provision of finances, but more than that, in this day and time, it's the provision of presence, just being present in the home. Listen, so many are, are present, but they're not present because they're being owned and operated by these little items yes, called true. cell phones. Yep. And, yep. and we live and are operating on those today. Yep. And so we're not teaching that. We're not teaching that we are to be instructors in the home and, and instructing our kids on our, our family's history, on who we are, on where we've come from, on our background and how we got to where we are. And, and we're not teaching dads to be the chaplain in the home and, and really be able to minister and, and care for and nurture and build up and equip um, the, the family that God has placed in our care. And so and even as a battle buddy, teaching men to, to find another man to come alongside, to, to be an accountability partner and to walk through life together. So. I think that when you take the culture and society that is working overtime and, and we're seeing it, oh my heavens, we're, we're seeing it at every level. Um, the feminization, if you will, of, of men in our culture, um, that the removal of masculinity as if somehow that, that it's a, it's an evil thing to be a man. Yeah. Um, and we've got to somehow counter that with the truth of God's word. And, yeah. and that's got to happen. And I'm, I'm thankful to say that is one of the things that we're focused on right now in this thing called Stand Courageous. Uh, God laid on the heart of uh, General Boykin uh, some years ago to write a book called Man to Man. And he took the biblical principles that I just laid out and, and put them in a book called man to man. And with those different chapters of being the defender, the provider, the instructor, the chaplain, and, and having a battle buddy and, and walks them through. And so we put a whole conference together around that. In fact, just this past weekend, I was up in Lynchburg at Liberty university and we had more than 400 men registered that came together all day on Saturday from 7.45 to 5.30 to be a part of that. Um, And it was an incredible conference, challenging men, hearing some of the greatest preachers in America, delivering God's word on on what it means to be that. Um, And I I think we've got to get back to that, brother. 
Amen. Well, we're in a, we're in a, obviously we're in a dilemma. And as a church revitalizer, what I'm seeing is that it's having a real impact on, on what's happening in our local churches. Yes. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how that's leading the struggles in the local church. Uh, I mean, I, I know there are some churches right now that if it were not for godly women, those churches would not be in existence. So talk to us a little bit about those struggles and, 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 and how, how the, the local church can, can handle that and deal with it. Listen, it, it is a challenge. And that's another thing that I'll go back and repeat. We didn't get here overnight. Um, this has been building for decades. I, I remember way back, probably even around um, 1998 or 99, I was visited by a church. I was at Center Grove, and a church came from, from Charlotte. It wasn't First Baptist Charlotte, where I eventually uh, came as pastor, but a church search committee came and met with me uh, from another church in Charlotte to talk to me about possibly coming to be their pastor. And I realized and found out pretty quickly that, that they had women deacons in their yeah. church. And that, that ran counter to, to who I was and, and where I was as a pastor and what I believe. And I'll never forget, though, in talking to the committee and, and just sort of sharing my perspective, that this lady was so kind and so gracious. And she said, Pastor, she said, I promise you, if there were men in our church that would be willing to step up and be the men of God, I would, I would graciously and thankfully uh, step aside from this role. This was not something that I asked for. This was something that I, I felt I had to do when it was put to me because there were not men that were willing to step into that role. And, and I believe that so many of the conversations that have ultimately led to divisions in the church, that have led to divisions in denomination, we've had to get into those battles, if you will, because of just, frankly, the, the attack of the devil that has caused men to just walk away from their responsibilities and not step up and be the men of God. And preachers to hold the line and to share, thus saith the Lord, and and stand on the truth of the Word of God. And so I, I do think that as a pastor, that that's got to be our, our commitment first and foremost, is to, to know the principles of God's Word, stand on them, and then we've got to be willing to invest in the men and call them out and and care for them and help them see the reality of what's going on around us. And uh, it listen, it's hard to do the work of preaching the truth. It's hard to do the work of maintaining the standards. It's hard to do the work of growing and discipling people. That That is work. It's easier to just kind of find out what the trends are and go with the flow. But I think we've got to get back to, to the faithfulness. And even though that's going to cost us something, we've got to be faithful yeah. in what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That, 
that is so so true with what, what you're saying because you know I as a church revitalizer I go into churches and inevitably almost every church that I go into has a male leadership problem. Mm-hmm. Almost every single one of them, and and I'm talking about the fact that not necessarily women deacons, but nobody's leading, right. and the pastor and the pastor seems to be in in limbo because he can't get uh, any kind of a male uh, figure to step forward and 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 be any kind of an influence in the in the church and in the community. And my, I've seen it. And and I'll tell you, I, I will go so far as to say this, that there are churches today that are dying because of what we're talking about. Amen. They are that's closing their doors because that's of right. what we're talking about. And that's frightening to me. I mean, it's terribly frightening. And well, what is so sad, Steve, is the way that, that the enemy takes and twists and turns and and works on the minds of people. Listen, you you know when when I was running in the congressional race back in 2018, one of the most unbelievable things I think that I experienced in the midst of that was when they went back in time to uh, the sermon files from First Baptist Charlotte and and created an entire commercial of a little girl. Uh, standing with her mom in front of a bank of televisions and showed me preaching from Ephesians chapter five, mm-hmm. um, which was a whole series I did where they called everybody in the family to the role that God had caused they had called them to. And in the way God laid out and structured our family and structured the church, one was not more important than the other. One was not higher than the other. They were just all different roles. And yet the way they can take that and twist that in today's culture and try to shame men that if if you somehow feel like that you're supposed to take responsibility as as a leader and that you're supposed to care and nurture your wife and and you're supposed to lead in that home and your wife is supposed to be the nurturer and that she is supposed to to work with the the children and and build and care for them and love them and nurture them and the children are supposed to obey their parents that somehow if you are so old school in that you're no different than the Taliban. They try to say, I mean, my heavens, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That the attack of the devil that is working on men, we've got to have some godly men stand up and say enough is enough. And we're not going to put up with that nonsense anymore. And we're going to speak up and stand up. And we're going to be the men that God has called us to be. Wow. And, uh, Amen. I get passionate about this, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, it's it's something to get passionate about because Amen. it's killing our churches. I it mean, is. it is literally killing our churches. Well, how in all in in light of all that we've been talking about, uh, Dr. Harris, how can a renewal of men recognizing their God-given responsibility of manhood and fatherhood? in the home, how can that help in transforming our churches and bringing the church back to where it ought to be? I believe, I honestly believe when a man gets things right with God, 
in his own heart that he's then able to lead his wife and able to lead his family. I know that there's stories of exceptions where that didn't work, but I also know that the vast majority that I've seen over 32 years Mm -hmm. as a pastor and walking through life with people that when a man will get things right with God and he knows what his relationship is with the Lord and he's growing in his relationship with the Lord and he begins to lead his wife and his children into the house of God, as he's growing as a disciple, he is going to not only become that leader in that home, but that family will become an incredible instrument in the hand of God to make that church uh, that much more of a powerful instrument in the community. Wow. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. Before there was ever a tabernacle or a temple, and certainly before there was ever the New Testament church, God created a family there in the Garden of Eden. Wow. Uh, and, and we've got to recognize there's where it all begins. And we've got to go to that foundation. Oh, listen, if I ever get lost and I'm out traveling somewhere, the best thing to do is go back to where I started and realize where I got off track. And I think that we've got to somehow in our culture today, go back to where we started. And we've got to say, Hey, this, this, this is where we got off track and we can have debates and discussion and we can fuss and cuss and discuss all you want to about all the different ways we got off track. But this is one place where if we can ever get it right, I think we'll see our churches transformed and awakened and revived. Um, But it's got to start in the home. And I think it's from the home. And listen, I think it not only from the home to the church, but from the home to the church, then we're going to see it spread to the schoolhouse. We're going to see it spread to the government house. We're going to see it spread all throughout this nation. But it's got to start with each individual coming before the Lord and getting things right. And again, um, there in that Garden of Eden, if you remember, uh, I realize it was Eve that uh, Satan came to, and she took that apple, and and she bought into the lie. And then she went, and Adam said, what have you done? And then she gave it to him, and he took it. But if you'll recall, when God came back into that garden, the first person he called out was Adam. Yeah. He said, yeah. Adam, hey, he didn't call Eve. And they were both, of course, hiding over there in the bushes, ashamed. But he came out, he came into the garden, and he called Adam. And to me, that's always been the complete indication that he was calling Adam because Adam was responsible, ultimately, for what happened in that garden. If he had been caring for Eve, preparing Eve for what she was going to face or could possibly face then and been with Eve, this might not have very well happened. My point is that as men, we've got to deal with that responsibility that God's given us. Wow. 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 Well, Dr. Harris, our time is, is almost gone. Can you just in a few short statements 
kind of sum up what we need to know about uh, fatherhood, manhood, uh, what it does for the family, but also what it does for the church. Well, Brother Steve, you know, I, um, I've been blessed. I've been blessed beyond measure. Um, I've, um, I'm a man just like you, just like any other man. Um, I've, I've been blessed uh, to be married to my sweet wife, Beth, for 34 years. And we've been blessed with three children uh, who are all married. And um, two of them are serving in ministry, and one of them is an assistant U.S. attorney for the eastern half of North Carolina. We've been blessed with nine grandchildren, and um, we we see we see in our own family just the fruit of what God is doing, and and how God is working. And I am so grateful for that. And, and again, I, I'm just a man like anybody else, and, and I have feet of clay just like anybody else. And I fall short just like everybody else. But I have come to believe and come to know that when a man has a relationship with the Lord, that he has sold out to Christ and that God has worked in his life and that the Holy Spirit fills him, and he truly seeks to walk with God and to lead his family to walk with God, that he's going to have an impact. He's going to have an impact in, in not only with his family, but an impact in the community and an impact in his church. And I think our churches today are desperate for leadership. We see it at every turn. We say there's a vacuum of leadership. There is, but that vacuum of leadership, most often we find is where men are dropping the ball. And I'm personally praying that God will raise up. You know, they just had a promise keepers meeting uh, back this summer, uh, kind of the reinstituting that movement uh, meeting in Dallas. I I didn't have a chance to go to that, uh, but I was excited to hear that. And I was excited. I'm excited about what God's doing through these staying courageous events that we've been doing. As I mentioned, I did one at Liberty this weekend. We're doing one down at First Baptist Leesburg, Florida, September 11th. We'll be doing one up in Ohio that's coming up uh, middle of October, and then we'll have several next year. Going to try to do one in North Carolina, hopefully uh, next next year. But one of the things we do, Brother Steve, at the end of those, it has probably been one of the most moving things. And I'll leave it with this is at the end, um, we invite dads to bring their sons to the altar and to lay their hands on their sons and to bless them and lay a blessing and pray a blessing upon their sons. And General Boykin will tell you, as he tells the men at these, these conferences, that that's the one thing that he regrets. His dad didn't become a believer until later on. He was a good man, and he became a fireball for the Lord and, and toward the end of his life. But he didn't know, and General Boykin said, I never had that opportunity to have anyone lay hands on me and bless me, wow. affirm me and bless me, and uh, like a dad should do for a son. 
And um, that night, as he was walking across the field, a black pastor by the name of Charles Flowers in San Antonio came up to General Boykin and said, sir, if you'll allow me, he said, I'd like to lay hands on you and on behalf of your deceased father, pray a prayer of blessing over you tonight. And General Boykin said he never has gotten over that moment. And we are watching today hundreds of men leave their seats and come and watch a pastor and a man of authority lay hands on another man and pray a blessing on him that God would use him. And I'm just praying today that God's taking men back from those meetings and using them in their families and using them in their churches like never before. Wow. Because that's what's desperately needed. But thank you for the privilege of being able to come and and share with you in these few minutes a day. And I'd love the opportunity to come back and and share further. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Well, our time has slipped away, Dr. Harris. Thank you so much for being with us today. And for those who are listening to the podcast, remember to tell us uh, that you're listening. We hope you'll join us again soon. We hope you'll tell others about the podcast, like and subscribe uh, to the podcast so we can keep uh, you informed about future programming. And this is Steve Sales saying thank you for listening. And my prayer is that something we share on this podcast might help you help your church. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Revitalize and Restart. Make sure to visit our website, www.operation-transformation.org and subscribe to our show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Don't forget to join us next time. And again, thanks for listening.